Hello everyone and welcome to the Impactivity Talking Without Limits podcast, a conversation with. This podcast will look at the impact physical activity and sport can have on your mental health, as well as having conversations aimed at removing the stigma surrounding mental health issues. So sit back, relax, and let's enjoy a conversation with. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a conversation with with me, Andy Riley, the founder of Impactivity Talking Without Limits. It's been a while. It has been a while. I had to take my time to get over me being my own guest. Um, But we've been very busy here at Impactivity over the last few weeks delivering mental health workshops in universities and also completing our mental health first aid level two workshop so i've been really busy but i am excited to get back out here get conversations flowing again on the podcast and i'm joined today by danny dwyer founder of the coaching haven danny how are you today i'm really good thank you andy yeah all good Hey, good. Like, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today. And like I said, we're back. So we've had a bit of a break. So it's good to get back in it. So just a little bit of background about Danny. Um, She works as a personal development coach to support people on their journey in life. So talking about goal setting and stuff, which I'm sure we'll get into more detail as we go this morning. Um, 17 years of experience of working in coaching, training and development. So we've got an expert in here today. So that's what I'm really excited to pick your brain with. And what's really important and obviously what we always bring this podcast back to is how we can support mental health and Danny has used creativity and the arts as well as sports to create projects to support mental health within the community now obviously these are three very exciting um, subjects that we can talk about but I can't do them justice like I do on every podcast I'm going to send it over to you now sell yourself give us an introduction and go into a bit more depth about those things I've just brought up so welcome to the podcast Danny it's over to you oh thanks Andy big introduction there yeah. um yeah so basically I start go right back to the beginning so I started my my career um after <clears throat> doing a fine art degree which you think like fine art and coaching has that way but what happened was I started my degree came out of it always had a massive passion for um people like before that I was always thinking the idea was I go down more of a care kind of route of Mm -hmm. maybe something like social work or something like that but at the time I definitely would have thought myself as not academic so that wasn't really a possibility Mm -hmm. but instead went down more of a creative route anyway from kind of going down that I ended up like naturally um working on community-based projects so that was working in the community with groups of people to use art as a a way of facilitating like subjects so that might have been like it was in really maybe a really tough area and trying to get like links and and work with people to get them more engaged within the community it might have been something to do with racism it could have been um something to do with mental health Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm a massive believer that your journey of what you think you're stepping into, you don't know why you've met this person, but mm-hmm. that starts to unfold. And for me, that's definitely what happened. So I ended up doing community-based projects. Then I got into working for charities, um, because that was all freelance. And mm-hmm. then from that, I um it, it kind of just took this path where I ended up involved in arts therapy arts and mental health and it was creating projects which was using um like creative creativity projects as well as another element which is art therapy because the two things are quite different mm-hmm. uh, one is like kind of teaching people um like art and the other side is using art as a therapy and they're not the same thing so but um yes yeah, so we were working on projects like that um and then over time I'd end up getting more into coaching um and doing coaching qualifications doing um my training qualifications 
and then just be working with people in the community. And I've got to work on some amazing projects over the years. Um, and like anyone out there who's worked on funded projects, you know what, what ends up happening is you work on one thing, the funding ends up coming to a close, you go on to something else and you're constantly on that cycle. <laughs> Personally, I found it like it's not really, I think there's really good things about both like obviously funding but when it's coming to an, an end and seeing projects and also the fact that you're supporting people and then they haven't got the ability then to continue that work with them mm-hmm. it can be really sad so there was a lot of that that's gone on in my career where you move from one thing to another mm-hmm. so one of probably a big highlight was um, working on an amazing project which was um, based in Leyland and it was um, arts and mental health I ended up doing a lot of freelance work after that in a really similar field. And that was working with people who had recently come out of um, out of hospital because of mm-hmm. mental health reasons and trying to get them back into the community and using art as a way of doing that. Okay. Um, so they come into a project um, which would support their journey of just essentially like accessing it like a day centre. Mm-hmm. And at that time, it might be people who are really heavily medicated. They're the, the, at a stage where they've been in crisis and maybe they've come out of that, but they're now just getting introduced into the community again and feeling like they're wanting to engage with people. Yeah. Sometimes not wanting to engage with people, but you know, they're getting pushed out of the comfort zone to, to come along to things. Um, and I got to work with people with using art and like li- listen to people's stories and their journeys and at the time I was only I think 25 right mm-hmm. then and I felt like it was such a a, a special like learning curve in my yeah. career because you're getting told stories which is so deep and mm-hmm. you know people are like like bearing the souls to you yeah um, yeah, yeah and after that that age like I didn't really know know these things mm-hmm. now I've had times gone on and I've got to work on other projects and work with other people and then develop my own coaching company and take on people like on a one-to-one basis you know I've I was I've, I'll always think about that as a really yeah. like special like pinnacle point it in, is in my career it is like one of the like you just said it's like a when you have that moment when someone like starts to bear their soul to you and talks about that it's something that you know, you've got to see as a privilege and something you need to cherish. I know the conversations are tough, but to have someone trust you to open up is like an amazing thing that, you know, you've got to see as something that, as like I said, as a privilege and be able to help them and support them. It must be an incredible feeling. It must have made you feel like amazing that you could help them in some form or way. Yeah, definitely. And in, in some ways that they're helping me like they've helped me on my journey by 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 doing that and by we having those experiences and I like it's almost that even on your own personal journey within your career or just in life in general like mm-hmm. prior to that I was working on something I absolutely hated it I'm going to be perfectly honest <laughs> all that I wouldn't have got this opportunity and that's okay. why I always think like always like wherever you are at that moment in time like I always think you know what you do not know what is the round the corner or what that next step is and what mm-hmm. it looks like yeah. um so from even though that moment in time might look so good like what can that lead to mm-hmm. as long as you 100%. keep moving then you'll get to those points and so from there from like ah oh, like it took a complete turn so um <laughs> it used to I wasn't a manager, but I used to go to managers' meetings and I ended up uh, meeting this, this amazing woman, um, Jill, and um, she was talking to me about a project she was working on and I was kind of supporting time. And she said, um, she just phoned me out of the blue and said, there's a job here if you'd like it. So I was like, okay. Again, is the universe works in crazy ways, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was actually on risk of redundancy because the contract okay. I was on, and now the contract I was on was coming to an end, but I wasn't actually working on that at the time, strangely yeah. enough. I was working <laughs> on something else, but it's just the way, from a HR point of view, it worked. 
so anyway, I jumped at it. I went and I ended up working on so for a sports company. Okay. And um, so it was a project based around working with people to um do a qualification for events volunteering for them to then go on to the 2012 Olympics to go and mm-hmm. work at events volunteers. So um that then took me from like art into sport. And then alongside that, I then stuff again just comes out of nowhere, like projects which it like people said, could you do some freelance work? And I was like, yeah, okay. So I ended up doing some other bits that ended up having sports related to it. Mm-hmm. Um and it's kind of just like I've ended up working in that field now for nearly 10 years. Yeah. Well, no, sorry, no, long 11 years it is. Yeah. So I work for a sports company now, slightly different, and support people on their um route with a franchise. I work for Active Sports Group and um the franchises and the franchisees that we have on board there. So it took a bit of a full 360 at one yeah. point. Um, but all of this interlinks with the idea that you're using something like sports or something like art if you use those subjects you can really like take a subject say like mental health mm-hmm. and make it accessible for people so if you walked up to a you know let's use rugby as an example but like yeah. big rugby guy and said right let's talk about mental health you know I don't think so like yeah I'm, like I'm not that's not happening but yeah. if you would say, right, let's go and play a game of rugby, let's all have like get to know each other. And then over a period of six weeks, you start like leaking those small things about mental mm-hmm. health conversation opening up. I mean, yeah. that you know, it blows yeah. your mind over what you can create and how you can make change mm-hmm. by using like other subjects to facilitate. Yeah. Um, and that's something I really love. I'm super passionate about it. Yeah, I think that's one of the most important things that I've noticed. And one of the reasons why I opened and created Impactivity was for exactly that reason. Like when I'm doing my workshops and stuff, which I'm telling my story, I'm telling it for a reason, but I'm not expecting the people in the room or the people on Zoom to turn around straight away and go, Andy, Andy, this is what's going on with me. This is my life story. You know, I wouldn't expect that because it puts a pressure on someone that they don't need, especially if they're struggling with their mental health. But put it into a situation where you are doing, like you said, doing going to play rugby together. I go on the charity hikes, bringing people together to to focus on something else actually creates conversations in itself because you're building a rapport. And rather than just going to the leader, oh, let's go and talk to Andy, you'll build relationships with people with like common things in common, I guess. And that makes the conversations a lot easier. But I guess what I was going to ask you, it was bubbling away whilst you were talking about that. You looking at art and looking at sport, obviously they are completely different ends um, of the spectrum, I guess, in terms of using them as a, a form of therapy. How have your methods differed between each subject and what have you noticed with both subjects? I'm really interested to see because obviously I look at sport and how that can help, but obviously my background's definitely not in art. I mean, if you saw how I drew and stuff, you'd be like, stop right now. But how does it, how does it differ and how does, I guess you're seeing it from both sides, how have they both worked with people that you work with, like so the creative side and the sports side? Well, first of all, what I'd say is with the creativity side, I'm a practitioner, so mm-hmm. therefore I'm facilitating those sessions. Mm-hmm. So um, two things is, like I, I kind of covered it a little bit before, but art therapy and art as a practice are two different things. Mm-hmm. So as a therapy, using that to explore like th- like to explore things from a therapy point of view of how someone feels mm-hmm. so we would use that in projects okay. but that is not for everybody who is an artist to to start delivering because there's, there's yeah. a lot more to it yeah um 
But on the other side of it is just using art as an activity to engage people and for mm-hmm. to give them some skills, build confidence and growth. I guess work directly in creating projects and working on them as like a practitioner. With sports side of it is nobody wants me running a sports activity. <laughs> I was going to be perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that is not my forte. Yeah. But with regards to creating projects around it, um, I would be more like working with like how how can we engage people, mm-hmm. and then you then using like specialists or or coaches or people to be able to physically be the practitioners and run yeah. those sessions. But yeah. say the two kinds of the say the things that link them both together are are this is that. It's something practically and physically that we can do and yeah. you see an outcome from it. Yeah. So there's something to praise, there's things to be able to like bring up and like, you know, that was really good and therefore like build people's confidence. Yeah. They're building skills as they're doing it. Um they're engaging and and talking to people. They're getting to make friends. Um it's also about the fact that you're learning something about yourself mm-hmm. um, and to have like a set time and a place to go to and to feel wanted and needed and yeah. to be part of a group those those are all there's the similarities between the two yeah um, and that's what you create and when you create the project essentially is it's about the engagement side of it and both oh. sports and art are exactly the same in that sense 100% do you do you find like, I guess like people surprise you in a way? Like, I guess it'd be like if I walked into the room where you were doing art, it's like a big change for me, but it might be something that actually brings brings more out of me in terms of me opening up because I'm in a different environment rather than me being on a sports pitch, which I'm on all the time because I'm coaching, because I'm playing. Um do you see people coming in from different backgrounds who stereotypically you probably wouldn't see in that environment, but actually it becomes incredibly beneficial for them? Yeah, completely. Because essentially we're tapping into different senses when we do this. So um, I won't go into loads of detail about this, but you've got masculine and feminine energy and we've mm-hmm. all got that within ourselves. Mm-hmm. So um, masculine energy is more like goal focus so like achieving things like um competition pushing yeah. gra- like that the grind that that goes on with female it's more like about flow and creativity and living in the moment mm-hmm. so i think that sport very much lends itself to more masculine energy mm-hmm. creativity more lends itself to more feminine energy yeah by the way, you wouldn't be selling this to anybody when you are like trying to get them to engage because like no one would show up to yeah. any of the art <laughs> sessions to go to go into it like that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I know what you um, mean. There. <laughs> but essentially, that's what is embedded into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so people could show up to like, an art session, and like you said before, it's been, you could say about art. People say about I'm rubbish at drawing. Yeah. But art is a creative process. Mm-hmm. so it's all about just being expressive yeah so it allows us to explore another side of who we are yeah um because if you think about your day-to-day life is at what point do you maybe create time to yeah. be creative yeah 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 um and to just kind of let go and something that's amazing about art is that you've got something blank in front of you and you can create it to be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. And sometimes it's not about the end result, but it's just about the process of doing Mm -hmm. it and enjoying it and engaging in it. So it might be that you make a mosaic, you've never cut a tile in your life before. It might be (laughs) that you get paint out. And you just like, you're messy and you're like sludging it about and you're just playing with it and you're looking at colour and form. But it doesn't have to be like, and this is something that's really important that I kind of like teach when I used to do that, like more so back then, is mm-hmm. that it's about the process rather than just like the end result. 
yeah. and as long as you've enjoyed it and you've maybe discovered a little something about yourself then yeah. you've you know there's there's wins in there it's not always about that end result oh 100 percent. i think that's like one of the best things like don't get me wrong everything's fascinating but one of the most important things you've just said there and i think that applies to everything in terms of recovery with mental health in terms of just getting yourself into a routine is not focusing on the end goal i delivered a workshop at the university of worcester last week and that was one thing that i pointed out that the minute you start trying to focus on the end goal you add unnecessary stress you add unnecessary pressure which you don't need whereas if you focus on the here and now and celebrate the small wins and celebrate the things that are happening at the time you actually start to see a lot more success you actually take that pressure away from yourself and it builds naturally anyway whatever it's going to happen like whatever's going to happen you're going to get there but don't worry about that right now so I think that's one of the most you know important things you can bring up and it applies to so many things that don't need to focus on the end goal that will happen that will take care of itself focus on the here and now and celebrate the wins that you're achieving now because I feel like sometimes and I'm guilty of it myself that I'll overlook the success that I'm having now because I'm too busy focused on what's going to happen in a year's time where in reality like forget that it will look after itself and I guess that like it brings me on to like my next question for you in a way because we've spoke about your role as like a development coach and you know looking at goal setting and stuff so when you get a client or when you're working with people, how do you go about that goal setting? Because obviously we've just said, obviously there is going to be an end goal, but do you look at like breaking it down? And I know you've said that with your clients, you're looking at achieving a more fulfilled life. So how does that work with the goal setting? And then I guess following on from that with people who may be struggling with their mental health, how do you go about goal setting with them? Okay, so like now, like my two days is I take on my own. So I work three days a week for a company and then I take on my own clients. So a lot of that applies to the work that I do part of the coaching haven, which is my own company. Mm -hmm. um, it also applies to the work that I do with franchises, which is always about goal setting. Yeah. So let's go back to let's look at if you're in a bad place with your mental health mm -hmm. to then taking it to where you went to a, in a better place yeah when people in the past when i've worked with people and they're in a really bad situation with regards to how they feel and goal setting is it's about going really small mm -hmm. and so some of the goals might be um we'll kind of cover this little bit into it as well is if you are suffering with with mental health issues and you're not currently doing really what you feel is anything about it or not acknowledging it properly mm. or you've not seen any any advice the first place to go is i suggest going to your doctor mm. to speak to them um to open up tell them how you're feeling and then start the ball rolling with yeah. with a medical professional yeah. even though i'm a coach like it's about knowing your own limitations like, i don't deal with anything like like that mm -hmm. and for me is it all about everybody getting the right service at the right time mm -hmm. so if we're right at the very beginning accessing medical professionals who can then give the right medication if needed at that time and support that part of your journey yeah. as well as then them referring you to the right services that can help you at yeah. that point. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of different services out there. Now, for some people, they might think, I don't, I don't want to wait on an NHS waiting list. And out there, there's there's counselors, coaches, and therapists that could support your journey. And mm -hmm. you're looking at about £30 a session and you know that goes up in price um but for you you go and see a counselor for around that kind of price mm -hmm. and the investment in that if you invest in yourself 
you invest in everything else that's around you, in your family, in your um, relationships, in your career, because by that investment in you, you are then able to, to be better for everything else that you do in your life. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I see the doctors first, then um, a few on medication, also looking at a therapy that is going to be able to support that, and maybe it might go to counselling, mm-hmm. um, to go to see um, all the different types of therapy, but they'll yeah. advise that what that could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at that particular time when people are either in like a crisis stage or even if they're just feeling very unwell mm-hmm. it's, it's all about going really really small with your goals mm-hmm. and it's also about writing them down so get yourself a notepad yeah get yourself a pen and get writing yeah or if you are someone who don't doesn't write use voice notes mm-hmm. on your phone or it might be that you do like a spidergram or something anything which just gets what's in here out yeah and that so with regards to making a little bit of an organization of how we're feeling it might mm-hmm. be that we try to create a time to get up in the morning yeah um if we if we don't manage to achieve things one of the most important bits of all of this whether you're at the very early stages of dealing with mental health and crisis or right up the feeling great but you just want to continue that feeling mm-hmm. um is empathy and kindness in mm-hmm. absolute bucket loads yeah be really kind to yourself if you don't get up on time let's not go through the sabotage routes of like yeah. why didn't that happen i'm so stupid da, da, da. Mm-hmm. let's just say okay it didn't happen but we're going to try again tomorrow yeah 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 and the list might be a really small one it might be Get up, make the bed, yep. brush our teeth, and at least get one good meal in today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let's try and, and then another really good thing about this is taking it off. Take yeah. it off, make it visual, make it so that we can actually see what we've achieved. Because otherwise it's easy to just feel like we've not achieved anything. Yeah. But if we go back to really small goals of writing it down and taking it off, okay, that might be Monday. Yeah. And also, don't, if, if if it's not, I'm going to not use Monday, actually. I'm going to use Wednesday. Okay. Don't always put things back to Monday. Yeah. So we don't have to start at the beginning of the week. Let's start exactly where we are right now. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So that's Friday, and it's Friday afternoon, and we think, you know what, the rest of the week has been an absolute write-off. Yeah. Let's put a full stop on it. Let's start to this moment. Yeah. And let's go, okay, what can I do today? Let's write a small list of things that we're going to try to achieve. Yeah. And it might be that we work, if we're in crisis point, it might be worth working for hour by hour. Mm-hmm. And then maybe let's look at an afternoon or an evening. And then yeah. like let's maybe like look at our thing of let's plan for tomorrow i think planning is really important with goal setting is that yeah. we don't have to make massive plans but it might be let's go and see if we want to try and make a phone call tomorrow yeah we've maybe not left the house all week let's try to get into the car yeah and get I'll... into the car then let's celebrate that as a win if we don't get to the shops let's not worry about that bit yeah we've got I'll... into the car no, I was. I just want to jump in there because what you're saying is like really, like hitting home with my personal experience, and I think it's really important to get it out there. And I'm glad you've brought it up because I think from an outsider's perspective, when people look at mental health, they see like the illness. So let's take I've got depression. So let's take me with depression. They just see that as that one whole thing, and they don't look at it as the breakdown where, when you know. I was at my lowest, I was having to work hour by hour. And like you said, I was operating by, right, I've got to get out, I want to get out of bed by 9.30. Then I want to brush my teeth. And it was celebrating those small wins that actually started me on my road to recovery. There was no way I could have planned 
at the time where I was in my crisis mode and I was in it, you know, working out what therapy was going to work for me, there was no way I could plan a week in advance. There was no way I could plan a day in advance. So like you said, I think it's really important that you, you look at those goals and make them realistic. And, you know, in my workshops, I talk about growth, growth mindset statements. And one of those growth mindset statements is establish the first one, establish a routine, you know, and celebrate those small wins. Because like I said, from my personal experience, and I'm sorry that I jumped in, I just wanted to like, you know, make it a bit more personal that for me, those small, the smallest goals were the most important and are still are the most important things for me in terms of functioning on a day-to-day basis. Like if I didn't have that routine of getting out of bed, having a good breakfast or, you know, hitting those little things off, I would very quickly slip back into a dark state and into a, you know, where into a place where the depression was stopping me from um, doing that routine. So it's, I'm, I'm just glad, I'm just glad you brought that up because for me, that's something that still applies to me now. And I, I think it's overlooked sometimes by people who may not necessarily understand the process of recovering or the process of, having some form of mental ill health i think it thank you for telling like sharing that part of your journey there andy as well like i think not when you're in a bad place not don't always expect well in general don't expect everybody to know how you feel Mm -hmm. or to um to always have the right words to say or yeah. have the in the empathy for it. Yeah. Um, this is where empathy and kindness to ourselves ripples out because if we have more kindness and empathy for who we are, we're mm. more likely to be more empathetic towards other people. Yeah. But the reality is most people are unempathetic and unsupportive and kind to others because they're not kind to themselves. Yeah. And it starts at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, so going back to the thing of 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 the developing of the of of goals mm-hmm. it's the idea of going from functioning to thriving mm-hmm. and that's what my kinds of what I really believe as part of the coaching that I do and, and my company like that's what I want people to feel by the time that they've left I, that I love that thriving? I love that functioning to thriving I love that yeah. like you know to function it might be just getting through the day-to-day steps mm-hmm. by the point to where you're thriving. It's like, it's almost being appreciative of those really shit days yeah. to be like, do you know what? Like, oh my God, where am I now? Like, this yeah. is amazing. And you can get there. That's like something I would say to anyone who is suffering right now. And if you, whether, don't judge anything against anybody else yeah. How you feel, accept that. Mm-hmm. Don't then go down, like we can all do it, like a pit, almost like a pity party where we then go, well, I'm not as ill as another person yeah. or I'm much worse than someone else. Like just like concentrate on ourselves Yeah. in saying, okay, where am I right this minute? Yeah. And that kind of make those absolute, it can be tiny steps, but it's all about consistency of, showing up for yourself every moment or every day not necessarily in every moment because that's unrealistic and we're going to have slips we're going to have the time where for three days you mightn't have brushed your teeth if you're in a really bad place but then mm-hmm. um, let's get back on top of that yeah and don't attach shame to it just this just like this kind of thing is key um once we're we've so going just covering those points going back to we've seen doctor we've maybe got some therapy in place um and then from there you've established a new routine mm-hmm. if it's continuing with that so the journey of a thousand miles take by a single achieved by the single step mm-hmm. so it's just that one step in front of another um it's also about i'd say if you are are in a place where 
mental health isn't is in a really still not in a good place by the time he's done some of those things it's going back to the starting point again with the doctor mm-hmm. or with a health professional yeah. and saying it may be adjustment of medication because not all medication feels right for somebody when they first 100%. start it might yeah. be like we have to do a bit of a tweak and a change yeah and i'm saying this from an observing point of view rather than a professional in that sense i say i'm not a medical professional yeah but that is something that um does happen yeah 100 you know, percent. make a change and i think you've said about that like you've noticed that in the past yeah i've changed medication yeah i've i you know and yeah i've had to change a couple of times because there was um, I think I started on C- I can't even pronounce it properly, but Citula Plam, whatever it is, and it made me feel it made me feel worse. Like it made me feel I was like I was like in like a zombie-like state. I was really sleepy. I was really drowsy, and because of the type of person that I am, that I want to be up and out, it was making me feel worse. So, like you said, it was about going back to the doctor and saying, listen, this is not working for me. It's actually putting me in a worse state because it's stopping me from doing the things I need to make me feel better to the point where I've now been put on sertraline and I'm fantastic. You know, I'm in a really good, good place. And it's not, it's, it's about not just relying on the medicine. Um, but it is, a, it's, you know, the first couple of weeks were when I, my body was getting used to it. Obviously, it was tough. But after that, now, you know, it it does help me. Um, but, yeah, I think it's really important that, like you said, you speak about that individualization of um, mental health because my story is completely different to your story, completely different to someone else's story. And you can't take that away because my... I guess my thing that's the end of the world may not necessarily be your end of the world, but you can't take that away from me. And I still need that support. And, you know, that's why I think it's really important that we do individualize that. And just going back to the, the medicine thing, I think it's really great that over the last few months, people have started to, I guess, celebrate, not celebrate, but show, that they are people are taking medicine and raising awareness of that because I think it's starting to remove the stigma that being medicated makes you weaker, makes you sick. Well, that's not the case. It's just helping me along. It's giving me some more, it's giving me some more chemicals that I haven't got, you know. And I think it's really great that people are starting to promote that. And then the last thing is which I think is great that you've said that is not every therapy is going to work for people. Like, for example, I could come to you and after one session be like, this isn't going to work for me because we operate in different ways. And it took me a while of bouncing around from therapist to therapist to find something that worked for me. And eventually I fell on this great therapist who gave me CBT and, it like related it related it back to sport and the way I coach and it sort of like just clicked but until that moment I was going into therapy sessions and I was I'm not getting anything out of this and I think it's really important to to say like don't give up just because the first person you've spoke to hasn't worked for you it's there's nothing wrong with going from person to person and I think within the mental health field in terms of professionals and support you get I've not met one person who is offended by an individual going, listen, this isn't working for me. If anything, they, and I want to say this to the listeners, if they're in this position, if anything, they're going to celebrate that because you are, you are looking after number one and they want you to go and get the best help. Like you are not going to be upset if I turn around to you and go, I can't, this is not working for me. I want to go and explore other options. And I think a lot of people are held back by that because just like, I guess, a doctor and a dentist, you always go to the same person and that's that. And we're not used to taking control of it ourselves and finding someone that works for us. And I've what I've noticed a lot with my conversations on the podcast and just in general 
is within this field. It's uh, in the mental health field. Everyone champions each other. You know, there's not there's not that case of right. Don't go and talk to Danny. Like, don't go and talk to her, or don't go and talk to Andy. It's a it's a great community where that we're championing each other. And I know I've had conversations where someone said, you know, I need this, this, and this, and it's like I can't offer you that, but go and talk to so-and-so and it's about putting people on the right paths and so I'm glad you've like brought that up as that individualization of um support and therapy I guess 100% like going back to when I was working in with people who were more crisis points to now is that the the, the thing is, is everyone is on their own journey and love what mm. you've just said about your journey and the fact that you've tried different things and that is what what ends up happening is we can you can go and speak to someone and we don't resonate with them mm-hmm. and there's lots of amazing free services out there but it's also recognizing that you know just because that service has been put on your path doesn't mean it's necessarily something that's going to be right for you and yeah I've heard people say in the past they oh no that's just not for me I would never do that like no 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 and I think to myself, that's only because you haven't found a person to who you have made your connection with 100%. and who can help you on that path. And again, this doesn't mean that you have to be in therapy for like years. Yeah. It might be that you go to see someone and you have six sessions with them. Mm-hmm. You might yeah. have 10 sessions with them. You, you know, and I like from an honest point of view and something that I'm a massive believer in. So, um, 17 years I've got experience within within these fields I see a counsellor and I have a coach mm-hmm. and um, two different reasons to why that happens is because when I worked way back when with, with, people, with people when they were in hospital and there was always this niggling thing in my head was why do we leave things till we're in these horrible places before we access anything and that's partly because socially we are just just wired um to look at where other people are living and then we replicate that yeah Um, yeah and we think well no one else is getting this so what you know everyone else is just getting on with it oh just get on with it but what ends up happening is we create this effect where it's like I like look at things as like a sip or a pan. Like, mm-hmm. can we put things in, in our mentally, can we put things in a, a sieve and it's just draining out? Mm-hmm. Or is it just building up where we're just putting it in and putting it in and putting it in and then it becomes like an, like a, something that bubbles away. Yeah. And then becomes like a big, massive problem. And it's about normalising how we deal with things and having honest conversations about life it's yeah. not about just talking about how we feel from a mental health point of view. It's the reason why people end up in places where their mental health is not good is because they're not actioning things yeah. in their lives and not having the conversations about it. A hundred. So, yeah. You're preaching to we, the converted here. That was that was <laughs> that was me two years ago. Like I let it, I didn't I didn't go and speak, and then it was too late. So it was, you know. We talk about like being proactive and reactive. It was definitely a reactive thing that I I had to get help because I was at a stage where I needed it rather than going before. So yeah. And you've used that to that probably was one of the darkest times in your life. Mm-hmm. However, you've used it to like the, a massive positive and and you know to make an almost like a massive adjustment to your life by yeah. going. This is what I did. And this is how I can help other people yeah. not do that. And that's about having these conversations where it's like, let's get away from just the conversation of, about mental health needing to be this bad thing we talk about when it's at a really bad point. How yeah. do we create better mental awareness for ourselves? How do we check in with ourselves? How do we have a better relationship with who we are? Mm-hmm. And um, how do we talk about subjects which are tricky and hard yeah but by talking about them it normalizes talk about those subjects which means that then people start talking about things in more general terms yeah um 
And I do think there's a difference between men and women to how we do deal with things. I think like, you know, women, I think we, we can be more catty and more bitchy and more kind of just openly like, Bleh. yeah. Men quite often put these like, it's like a bravado or the ego coming out where it's like, no, everything's fine. And I don't know, yeah. we're not talking about that. It's bring, breaking down those stigmas over. We are all dealing with this. We all think we're just living, living, living different lives. We're not. We're living with yeah. same problems and issues. But when we start to just talk about life and more of just life's issues and problems that come up, um, we recognise that other people are dealing with yeah. the same kind of things. And that goes down to talking about relationships, harsh conversations to do with things we don't want to talk about but once mm -hmm. we do kind of make those steps you know we can that doesn't need to be massive stuff that can yeah. be like um i'm unhappy in my job or i'm i i don't feel like i'm living a very fulfilled life yeah i should be happy but i'm not and to make myself happy i go out and buy a new car i've got a massive new watch yeah i'm buying like designer clothes whatever because i'm trying to self-soothe myself Mm -hmm. But actually, none of those things make me happy. Yeah, because I'm not tackling the right thing. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things, isn't it? Like you speak about those stigmas and our, you know, the roles that we are supposed to play in society. Like I had a conversation the other week where, you know, me as the man, I'm meant to be the hunter gatherer sort of thing, and the woman. Do you know what I mean? Is those stereotypical roles where what it actually does is create stigmas surrounding the things of mental health where, you know, the man has to be the strong supporter of everybody. And this is, you know, where my problems began because I was told you've got to be the big man. You've got to be the shoulder to cry on. So I took it upon myself to be that match, you know, extra macho sort of thing where in reality, a big sign of mental resilience and mental toughness is actually that ability to, share and talk about emotions you know and it comes down to that you know that those stigmas and I guess those stereotypical stereotypical roles which sort of make it easier in a way for a woman to open up which is why you know when I have these conversations and I do these workshops a lot of it is focused on men because in general it's the men who are staying closed up because of these stereotypes surrounding mental health and surrounding, you know, I guess it's like toxic masculinity in a way where the man can't show emotion because that's weak. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think that's like, you know, something that of it, it affected me and I talk to so many people now and it's, it's easy for me to, um like talk to them about it now because obviously I've lived it I've experienced it and I've saw the other side of it but for someone who's stuck in that you know that rut of I'm a man I need to be strong I, I can't show emotion it's it is a tough place to come out of but like you said these conversations are the things that are going to stop that happening you know and it's it's still a work in progress and it's going to be for a while, but the more people like you, me and countless others are doing the work we're doing, hopefully will get us to a stage where, you know, it starts at school really and bringing people up and changing those stereotypes to show that showing emotion is the right thing to do and is actually going to help you in the long term. 100%. Yeah, I love that. Definitely. No, for emotions, it's the thing of, of us recognizing we have this thing of like putting them into camps. So, good emotions and bad emotions. And the reality yeah. of it is all emotions are good, but what we deal with, how we deal with them. Yeah. Quite often, when I'm working with people, let's go to like someone who is not in a crisis point, but just maybe not unfulfilled in the life. Yeah. Maybe to just be like, I've got all this stuff, I should be happy, but I'm not. Yeah. And I've come across that like lots and lots. Um, and when we talk about emotions, we like like for that is 
when we have think about when you have a happy emotion like mm-hmm. like something that makes you feel good a good emotion that you want more of mm-hmm. it comes in we enjoy it and then we let go of it yeah but when we experience an emotion which we don't like so like say anxiety mm-hmm. wake up in the morning feel a bit anxious about something mm-hmm Let's go through what we do with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. we don't handle it the same. No, it stays. It stays, doesn't it? And it stays because what we do is we hold on to it. Mm-hmm. So we'll go through the process. Why is it here? What are you doing? I don't like this. I don't want to feel it. Go away. Go away. Go away. Keeps rising. Push it. Push it down. Keeps yeah. rising. Manifest it in loads of self in loads of other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a, a coaching technique that I use with clients is okay let one of my key things that I cover is about awareness mm-hmm. so when a feeling comes up it's having an awareness to why let's think about it as a friend coming and giving you information mm-hmm. that's what it is it's informing you of something yeah so what's this why is this come so let's think about Using anxiety again. Wake up in the morning, got anxiety. Mm-hmm. Go down a path of how we could do it in a healthy, deal with it in a healthier way. Okay, going to take some deep breaths. I'm going to do some breath work. I'm going to take just four deep breaths in, four deep breaths out. Let's just try and get ourselves a little bit more regulated in our mm-hmm. breathing. And then we're going to start to ask ourselves a few questions. Yeah. So, what why is it presenting itself this morning mm-hmm. what could it be Let's have a little thing okay this week i've had really rubbish sleep i had so much sugar yesterday mm-hmm. like happy yeah um okay there's a few things i am putting off having an uncomfortable conversation with somebody whoever yeah. that might be my mom yeah. might be yeah friend sister um and it's been playing on my mind all week okay right let's get our journal out and mm-hmm. let's write it down but just subject like what it is and then just start to break it down a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. could it be anything else i've been putting off going to putting off tidying the house it might be you know Mm-hmm. and because it's untidy it's actually making me feel a little bit stressed yeah okay well let's put that on the top of our list of something to do today mm-hmm. that we're going to prioritize like having a bit of a clean up even if it's just one room so yeah. maybe our bedroom um because that's like a place where we're going to rest and we're going to sleep so let's get that room tidy so what you've done is you've taken that emotion and instead of pushing it down and trying to be like, I just don't want you, yeah. kind of asking why it presents itself mm-hmm. and how we can deal with it. Yeah. Um, it's almost like information rather than us just looking at it as like something where it's come and we don't want it so we need to make it go away. Yeah. Um, and then once you start to build those things into your day and have more of awareness to why it might be coming up, I'd say, okay, yeah, we can we can we can deal with that. Let's have that conversation. Let's yeah. tidy the house. Because the things we can physically do to make a bit of a change. So if you track that throughout the rest of the week, maybe your anxiety might continue and maybe yeah. we might need to look at other things, or maybe it's might start to once we start checking in with ourselves being more of aware having more of awareness of maybe why things are coming up mm-hmm. then, then start to make it starts creating change by making that by taking those actions yeah oh 100 percent. and i think you know it's it's just an important journey to go on which a lot of people find tough because they they perceive the idea of having a conversation surrounding mental health is gonna put them in some form of negative light when in reality it's going to put them on a journey where they're going to get the right support and hopefully put them in a good place yeah definitely and And wherever you 
know, it can can change so quickly into a better place. Yeah. As long as you are going to take the actions to get there, because yeah. it doesn't happen by chance. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that's you know that's something that you have to try and remind yourself when you're starting on this journey that one, it's not going to be overnight. It's not going to be a quick fix, but the things that like therapists set you to work on, it does start to bring change. You might not believe it at first, but the, when you start working on it, and like you said earlier in the podcast, investing the time in yourself, then it does start to work and you do start to see changes. And that, that brings me to uh, my next question. And as we're coming to the, the end of the podcast, it's time for the listener Q&A, but it's just like transitioned really well. Um, still no jingle to all the listeners. We're still working on it. I'm working on like getting a record DJ to come and do a jingle or something. But it brings me on to my next question in the listener Q&A. And this is from Chris. And he says, with mental ill health becoming less of a taboo subject, so those stigmas are starting to get broken down. Have you found that more people are reaching out to you for support? And like we've just said about acknowledging the feelings of anxiety and acknowledging the feelings of, you know, the negative emotions as well as the positive emotions have you noticed the difference with your clients on how they're approaching the conversations with you yeah I think that like Instagram social media um the fact that there's more people just speaking about it in places where you can scroll Mm -hmm. makes them makes a difference because if you Mm -hmm. see things to do with like people talking about having better mental health yeah, I think that's really important. Um, so it's getting away from the thing of just talking about the stigmas of mental health, but also like, well, actually, I can make change here. Yeah, and I think that's something I've started to see is that people are becoming more aware that they can feel better in their lives by implementing like tools and techniques mm-hmm. to make them feel well, yeah. whether you're at a really bad point in your life or you are in a in a good place in your life but you just want to become better yeah 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 more awareness of yourself i think there's there's those the the two elements are definitely um there where people are taking more response this big word is responsibility for Mm -hmm. their mental health yeah their well-being yeah oh 100 percent. and then yeah i just it's mind-blowing when you start to like dig around on the on like things like instagram and that how many amazing people are out there telling their story and stuff and it is inspiring like even to me i'll still hear stories and it it like sort of keeps me leveled and keeps me in a place where i know i've got to keep talking because it's not only is it a job for me but it also is um like a form of therapy for me to do that yeah um so a point though with that is it's listening to the right things and the right yeah. people that yeah on those kinds of um out there anyone can put anything out yeah and you know it's also if you're wanting to find a therapist or you want like for me i'm a coach i'm not a therapist mm-hmm. you want to work with a coach then go and have a little look around yeah. at who's doing what but also if you're going to work with them check what the you know what the background is what mm-hmm. they deal with um you know t- testimonies take a, an initial consultation for free to have conversations to see that yeah. if you kind of gel with that person but don't feel like everything you see is on on the internet you know you have to take it at face value that you know anything can be put out there so make sure you're oh, listening 100%. Yeah, 100%. Right, are you ready for your next question from the listeners? Born ready. All right, so this is from James, um, and he says, why has sport been so important to you in the delivery of your sessions? And I guess, obviously, we touched on it a little bit earlier where you're not actually physically going out and delivering the sport, but I guess why has sport been, or do you see sport as such an important part of mental health recovery? 
a good question. Hey. Yeah. So I'd say that with sport is we can you can access it in so many different varieties. So there's something out there for everybody. Yeah. Um, and that the one of the key things to do with us improving our mental health is all to do also to do with moving and getting being mm -hmm. active and the the how that affects the body and the mind. Yeah. So it's really good to have physical activity within your kind of week mm -hmm. um, day. And that's like really important to like support and mental well-being to be active. Yeah. And that's the fact that sport it's got like I say, there's so much variety out there, there's something for everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that's how it, it plays the way that it plays part for me is that it's a it's an accessible thing that anyone can be involved in. Yeah, oh, 100%. And it, like, it can be adapted to absolutely anyone, yeah. which is amazing. All right, we're nearly at the end. This is your last question of the day. And this is from Claire. And Claire says, thinking about your own mental health journey, what are, the, what are some of the things that you do personally to ease your worries? Obviously, we've spoke a lot about what we do professionally. Um, but what do you what do you do to take time for yourself and like look after number one, I guess? Okay, I like this question. Right. So I would say is routine and habits are absolutely key for me. Um, and not that I touched on this, but back when I was like in my 20s, very early 20s of 21, I had a mental breakdown, didn't know that's what it was at the time. I have I had depression, I've gone on tablets, I've seen a counsellor like like take you right to like how current point yeah about five years ago I went through another period of my life where I was involved with divorce and like a long-term relationship of 19 years coming to an end mm -hmm. and at that time I thought oh my god this could completely spiral here and I never want to go back to where I was and at that time um the things that I put in place then are the same thing things I put in place now, which is in routine habits. So getting up at the same time every morning. Mm -hmm. I'm not part of the 5 a.m. club club by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> and that's yeah. absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, I get I get up at about seven o'clock every morning. Mm -hmm. I have a journal, I check in with myself, I listen to what emotions are coming up, what what am I feeling at certain points. If I know there's things which are either things which are from the past that are consistently coming up or coming forward, I've gone back to my counsellor and seen here for a pit, like maybe four, three or four sessions mm -hmm. over the last, say, five, six years. I've maybe done that about four times. Yeah. Um, but I do have here, I might check in with every other month. I see a coach. I see, like I say, I see, I see a counsellor when I need it. Mm -hmm. But I've got a coach that I work with. Um, I, in, I've always tried to implement like positive things in my day. Mm -hmm. Always have quotes that I live by. Um, I try to get active or be out. Mm -hmm. Communicating with other people. If there's people in my life or things in my life that you know aren't good, I make the choices to. To, yeah. to not do that anymore yeah you know and another big thing to do with my own mental health as i say about having boundaries with others mm -hmm. but also having boundaries with yourself yeah like yeah, yeah. what am i willing to tolerate what things do i need to keep structure with mm -hmm. um and i'd say something that is always good is stand in the mirror give yourself a smile even if you're feeling particularly shitty mm -hmm. but just the thing of like smiling is a big thing that I think we need to to do more of. Yeah. And if we smile at someone, then that'll always come back to us. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I like that. I like all of that, but it is really important. It's just finding stuff that works for you. Like some people can take themselves off and have a bath, a few candles. They're loving life. You know, for me, it's going out, walking, reading, stuff like that. It's just about finding, you know, what works for you. So I definitely I love all of those I guess there'll be a lot of listeners trying some of those things a lot of people standing in mirrors when this gets released yeah. right yeah let's get the smile out hey right so that brings an end um to episode 10 of a conversation with 
Danny, I hope you've enjoyed it. And I just want to say a big thank you for coming on and sharing your story and your insight today. Oh, thank you so much. It's been amazing. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I've learned an awful lot. I've learned an awful lot. Now, for any listeners who are interested in finding out any more about you, how can they um, get in touch or how can they find you? So I, I'm a bit rubbish in the sense of I haven't got everything up and running for um, like websites and stuff. But if you contact me on Instagram, um, send me just a direct message. Um, I do a 15 minute free consultation anyway. So, but if anyone's got any questions or anything they want to ask or anything to do with like goals and habits and routine, um, I'll try and put some more stuff on my um, Instagram so that you can see that kind of thing anyway but um just get get in touch with me direct message me and i'll arrange to have a chat with you perfect so yeah you you can find danny at the coaching haven and i'll make sure that i put all of your stuff on the podcast description when it's released i know there's a post on instagram already um with your logo and stuff on so if people want to find you um once this is released then they'll be good to go once again Big thank you. I really appreciate you spending your time with me today. Um, and yeah, that brings an end to episode 10 of a conversation with. Hopefully, I'll be back a bit more regularly now. Uh, I've got a bit more of a normal schedule again. Um, but it's been really good getting back in the swing of things this morning. Danny's a great guest to come back on. For now, stay safe and we will speak soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Conversation With. If any of the issues raised during today's episode have affected you in any way, remember, you are not alone. And there are great organisations such as Calm, Mind and the Samaritans who can support you. Please remember to like and subscribe and follow us on social media at Impactivity TWL. Until next time, stay safe and we will speak soon. Thank you.